Hey everybody, my name is Jesse Collings, and I want to tell you all about my show, The Gentleman's Wrestling Podcast, here on the Voices of Wrestling Podcast Network. On The Gentleman's Wrestling Podcast, we do a thorough analysis on the biggest issues and trends within the pro wrestling industry. We talk a lot about pro wrestling media, we talk a lot about fan culture and wrestling's place within general pop culture, and we talk about the broader influences that are shaping the way we discuss and analyze the pro wrestling industry. We've had some of the brightest minds in the pro wrestling intelligentsia on the show, including WrestleNomics host Brandon Thurston, both Rich Krejci and Joe Lanza from the Flagship Wrestling Podcast, Trevor Dame from the Through the Years Podcast, and a whole lot more. This isn't a show for hot takes. It's not a show recapping the latest episode of television. This is a show focusing on the biggest topics in pro wrestling and doing a deep dive on the real stories behind the surface level analysis you might find elsewhere. The Gentleman's Wrestling Podcast is available wherever you get your podcasts, and we'd really appreciate it if you gave us a try. Thanks. This podcast is a member of the Voices of Wrestling Podcasting Network. Visit VoicesOfWrestling.com to hear the rest of our great podcasts as well as show reviews, columns, opinions, and updates across the world of wrestling. Uh, 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 uh. Competition starting to get thick, it's the click, so I hope you watch your A-game, A-man, no rain. On the track when we unite and spit, this isn't A-game, better bring your A-game. Competition starting to get thick, it's the click, so I hope you watch your A-game, A-man, no rain. Hey now, it's the Mike and JD Show, and I'm your host, Mike Gilbert, and I'm joined as always by JD, by God Oliva. How you doing, JD? I just walked in the door three minutes ago, and did <laughs> set. I'm not 100% set up yet, and it's, uh, yeah, wrestling season is out here. Yeah. Sorry. No, it's it's all good, man. I'm good. I'm good. Yeah, li life is good. Um, You know, we got some big news, like, you know, what, what, an hour, uh, an hour ago? Um, I was I was just sitting at work and then I'm scrolling through Twitter all of a sudden and then bam we um, we uh we we get some, we get some uh we get some breaking news. Yeah. Breaking news. We haven't used that graphic in so long I forgot we had it. Yeah. Uh, and it still says brace for impact on there. And honestly, I don't think we're going to change it. I, I think it stays. Uh, fuck it. No, it makes even <laughs> less sense because the company's called TNA, but whatever. It's fine. But yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so am I crazy when I say like this could possibly wind up being the story of the year this year, right? Well, can we in introduce what the story is, JD? Well, I'm warming <laughs> up. I'm freaking hyping it up. I mean, like, quite frankly, yeah. if you listen to this show, yeah, is. But I mean, like, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I think we I think we lost JD there for a sec. So um Kazuchika Okada, uh the the top star of New Japan for you know over a decade at this point, has um has decided that he's gonna be leaving New Japan Pro Wrestling. And um where he goes, I no nobody knows at this point. I think uh I think Fightful came out with a story just a little bit ago on Fightful Select, and they they said um, they did a whole long paragraph, uh, or I, I guess it was like it was like a few paragraphs. It was like a two and a half minute read, 
And the conclusion they came up with was uh, they don't know where he's going either. So, <laughs> so they, uh, they, they did this whole story and uh, did not really identify where they think he was going. Um, I, I think, yeah, J JD's feet is broke. He'll, he'll be back, which is, which is fine. Um, I, I think that uh, Tony Khan, and I'm actually going to, I'm going to go to his Twitter account. Tony Khan seems a bit cocky about something. Um, he there, he's got it like this aura of confidence about him, which I, you know, you typically get out of a billionaire, but he seems to think that he's got a, a big coup and I want to talk about it. And, um, could it be Okada? I don't know. I'll let you guys be the judge. I'm getting ready to pull up his Twitter feed now. Um, let's see here. And then I will present it. Let's see. Okay, let's see. Sorry, sorry for those of you that are listening to this. Um, this is a uh, this is bad radio. But earlier today, about seven hours ago, Tony Khan tweets, "It's going to be an amazing 2024." Uh, and then he tagged AEW with an exclamation point. And then after that, uh, he put out this meme. It says, "My name is my name." I don't know what that is reference to. I don't know what that means. So you guys have to smart me up on that deal. But um, I, I think. Uh, you know, what, what could he be talking about? Could he be talking about Mercedes? Could he be talking about a TV deal or could he be talking about Okada? I find it interesting that he, um, he put those tweets out earlier in the day. And then later in the day, uh, the Okada news breaks that Okada is in fact leaving new Japan. Now, um, it had come out in the observer, you know, I, I think like two months ago it had come out in the observer that WWE was interested, but it's like, of course they're interested. And these, um, you know, New Japan deals—they're not really a lot—they're not really long-term deals. A lot of them, um, but you know, he was a guy that they had had for a while, and um, WWE was, you know, at least stated that they were interested. And of course, they're interested. Why wouldn't they be interested? Um, so, but we never really put anything into it. I know JD and I talked about this story um, uh, probably a month ago. I think we did it, and um, we kind of both come to the conclusion that we did not think that that Okada would be, um, that Okada would be, oh, JD's back. We didn't think that Okada would actually leave because, you know, a lot of these New Japan contracts come out, uh, they they come due, and then they leak it to the media that they're coming due, and then they, it gets leaked to the media that WWE has interest. And then typically, you know, not a whole lot happens. But as we've seen lately, you know, Jay White and Will Ospreay both left. They went to uh, AEW in 2016. Shinsuke Nakamura went to WWE, and so did AJ Styles and the Good Brothers. So, um, Anything could happen. Um, JD, uh, while you were gone, I pulled up Tony Khan's tweets where he seems to be pretty confident and pretty excited for something big happening in 2024. And could that be a reference to this? Could be. Because um, were they, here's my question of the timing of these tweets. Were they made after the announcement or before the announcement? Because I think that kind of matters. So the first, the first tweet was uh, seven hours ago. So before, and he stated, uh, and and I quote because I, I have it. I oh, never mind. I don't have it up anymore. But he said it's going to be an exciting 2024 for AEW. I thought it was that was just in reference to the ratings because the ratings news hadn't come out yet. I figured he had gotten them early, and then all of a sudden it gets released, and then he tweets about it the whole day um, about how great the ratings were. They were number one for the night, and it was the best, the highest rated show they had done since Grand Slam, and yada yada yada. Which don't worry, guys, we are going to get to AEW success of this week. Um, but now that the Okada news is coming, I was like, maybe this brother was talking about Okada. What tweets, right? What's that? 
He had a couple tweets, right? It wasn't just the one. There yeah. was a few, right? No, it was, it was just the one. It was just the one, and it was follow up with a uh, with a uh, a meme that said, uh, uh, "My name is my name," which I don't know what that's in reference to. I so. don't. I don't know what that means, and I and I feel yeah. like I'm close enough to Tony Khan and Asian. I work with kids where I should know what that means, but I do not. <laughs> So um, yeah. he seems pretty confident. I know we were talking to our mutual friend who goes nameless, who, uh, and I think when we heard the news, we all thought the same thing. Sorry, by the way, my internet is being a real pain in the ass tonight, and I apologize. Yeah, it's it's okay. As JD's complaining about his internet, it goes out again. <laughs> so 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 tonight tonight could be a tonight could be a fun one. Um, I might I might actually just. Um, I might actually just text JD the link really quick so that way he can just call in on his cell phone. I think, I think that's what we're going to do. So, um, but you know, I, I, my, my thing is, is that what I don't want to do is I don't want to, um, I don't want to, you know, predict WWE because I always predict WWE and I have been wrong so many times lately about who WWE is going to be signing. You know, they, at, at one point, um, we, we thought they would be signing, you know, m- you know, Matt Cardona, then there was FTR and then there was all, all kinds of different names that I had predicted they would, they would sign Mercedes Monet, which that's still up in the air. Um, but I, I think WWE is a possibility, but I think that AEW is the more likely of the two. But my initial instinct was WWE because of not only the timing of the situation, but the way that they announced it. You know, I know Okada said some nice things in the announcement about his time in New Japan, which he's a professional he's going to do. But this whole thing seems to be a bit shady. And they claimed that that it was an amicable split, but it doesn't sound like it was an amicable split. And with New Japan getting ahead of the story and announcing it first... um, it just kind of seems like either AEW heisted, you know, uh, Will Ospreay. What I mean by that is like, like New Japan did not want to lose him and AEW made the better offer and uh, New Japan got ahead of the story before AEW could announce it themselves or WWE did that. Either way, I don't, I don't think that this was, I don't think that this whole thing was, um, I, it doesn't seem like this whole thing is roses. Uh, I'll I'll just say that. Okay, pissed off JD is back. JD Internet is back. JD, if, if you get kicked off a third time, I shot you the link in Twitter. You can just call in on your phone and do no video, and that way you can um you you might be a little better off. But go ahead, JD. Speak on. Try again. Speak on Okada leaving. I don't even know where we are. Um, so. Uh, when we when we got, I, I will go back to where I was because I have no idea what you've been talking about the last yeah. one. We have good numbers tonight too, which is just perfect. So, anyways, yeah, um, we got our message. We we both heard in the same time what happened, and a mutual friend of ours was like, we all kind of thought the same thing, right? That he has to be WWE bound because it did not seem. I heard you talking about wine and roses. It does not seem like New Japan is all thrilled by this, and there yeah. seems to be a complete shift with how they handle the osprey thing but i also think it's mm-hmm. different like i think osprey is is a different fills a different role in a, in new japan than than okada does right this is this is major man like i said this could be the story of the year i it's the way the time you know the the language in the announcement maybe i'm just reading too much into it but it seems like new japan's a little pissed about this like and i think new japan they expect gaijins to kind of leave like that I don't do. think 
you know, and, and I don't think that they expected this from Okada. Um, they they got rid of that Obari guy. They they you know put Tanahashi as the president. Um, it is possible that they thought that those um, changes that they made at the top, um, that they were hopeful that Okada would stay because of those changes, and then he's still he's still leaving. And I wonder if there's a little bit of resentment from uh, uh, from the New Japan side, not only towards Okada but towards anybody that does sign him. No, I, I 100% think you're right. I think there's definitely some some bitter feelings from the New Japan side because it really does feel like a lot of these changes were done, not just to appease Okada, <coughs> excuse me, but to appease the locker room in general because it didn't seem like Obari was very popular. So I think uh, apparently my name is my name is Pusha T, and I'm gonna lose it again. No, you're if as long as your audio is good, that's all that we care all about. Right. So I'm just so you, you just keep talking. You keep know. talking. All right. So I mean, like, uh, it doesn't seem quite as acrimonious. It doesn't seem quite as harmonious of a split as before. But I, I got to say, I don't think anything like this has probably happened since 2000, right? When uh, yeah. when Masao and them left to form Noah. But I don't think, I, I don't think, I don't think it's never happened where a top Japanese star has left for an American company, which is where he's going. Yeah. I mean, he's, there's nowhere else he could be going. He's either going to one or the other, right? And let's yeah. be honest, this, a lot of this has to do with the fact that the yen is down, right? Mm -hmm. Economically, Japan has not bounced back from COVID. And like, I don't, I don't know what new Japan can do right now other than rebuild around young talent. Maybe it's the right time for, for, uh, for Okada to go. You know, we that that was one thing that we had talked about was that maybe Okada needs to go away for a little bit just to give these, uh, you know, Renda Rita and Yuamura and Yoda Suji and Shota Umino, uh, give these guys time at the top, you know, and then and then he can come back as kind of like a, you know, a returning legend hero and then and then have another run in New Japan. But it, uh, you know, it doesn't seem like those guys are quite ready yet for that top spot. Now they still got Naito, right? I mean, Ta Tanahashi's basically shot at this point. But you know, as far as the top goes, they still got Naito. They just lost Osprey. They lost Jay White last year. Um, it's you know, it's going to be a tough year in New Japan, and I'm interested to see how it plays out. And you know what, the situation actually really reminded me of, um, uh, I think it was two or three years ago. This literally the same thing happened with Cody Rhodes, right? And AEW got the announcement ahead of you know Cody essentially uh, returning to WWE. They actually announced it on their Twitter, and it was kind of like this ominous announcement. Like we knew his contract was coming up. Same situation with Okada. We knew Okada's contract was coming up, and it had been out there. Um, and part of the negotiating, we we're like he's talking to other sides, and then you know, um, and then all of a sudden the company announces, hey, he's not coming back. The same thing happened with Okada just now, um, and I the the parallels are kind of amusing, and um, we'll we'll see we'll see who actually gets a man. Um, but a lot of people are in the chat that want to talk about it. Um, Josiah says Okada's keeping all his dates in February, in New Japan. Yeah, I mean, look, he they do business the right way in Japan. So um, I mean, I know it hasn't always been hasn't always been that, but uh, they uh, they they typically do business the right way. Um, so, John Muse, I'm taking Tony's tweets as a hopeful sign that AEW got Okada. Um, and name cannot be blank said, I hope this doesn't mean that Okada isn't on the Chicago card. He is not on the Chicago card. That is no. not going to happen. 
No, and nor was he announced for the Chicago card. They actually, they did one of the things that they did that they typically don't do for these New Japan Strong shows. They announced the card ahead of time, and he wasn't he wasn't announced. It's uh, Naito versus Moxley and um, um, Mustafa Ali versus uh, Hiromu Takahashi, and uh, Eddie Kingston probably is taking on Gabe Kidd. I don't know if that one has been announced, but that's what it's looking like. Yeah, I mean, like, and the W the Brain has a good one too, and I, I think this is an interesting comment. I'll pull it up. He says, if Okada okay. goes to AEW, at what point does New Japan get fed up with losing all their talent to their partner in AEW? Yep. I don't know that they need the relationship, but but as everyone just leaves. See, here's the thing. If they can't afford to keep these guys, what do you do? Because let's be honest. Have you looked at New Japan's ticket sales as of late? They're not great. Like, they are not in a good spot. And if they can't afford it, in theory, you're better with them with AEW than with WWE. Right. And yeah. I don't think there we go. I had to just fix my camera. <laughs> um, and I think that we have to understand that we look at this as like we always look at this through the Vince lens of things of like that they're taking the talent, taking the talent. You know, and again, when it came to Will Ospreay, if you can't afford them anymore, you have a relationship. It's better, it's better to have the guy go somewhere friendly than somewhere you're not friendly. Because if they go to WWE, he's out of the picture, which is what the press, which is why the press release yeah. led me to believe that it was possibly WWE. But and again, we heard it's not just you and I reading tea leaves. We've actually heard from people that are saying, and I don't want to name names, but I mean like they're saying it's going to be AEW. And I mean, like, I'm sure a, I'm sure New Japan can't be thrilled with it, but at the same time, it sounds like Okada, fight the fight reports that Okada sat down and they sat to negotiate with Okada and Okada's just kind of like, I don't want to do it. I want to go somewhere else. Yeah. What do you do at that point if you're New Japan? Like, do you get mad at another company for being willing to pay your guy? I mean, like, isn't an AEW has got to be looked at as the lesser of, of two evils? Yeah, you know, but uh, I, I always think back to my time in Korea and there was always this one guy. Uh, there was this one guy in Korea. He was like an MMA fighter. He actually fought there locally in, in Seoul, but he was a he was just a guy on base and he was a friend of ours. Um, but he had this habit of going after guys' girlfriends. And one by one, it kept happening to guy after guy after guy, and nobody would learn. They're like, hey, look, he's here. Don't bring your girlfriend around this guy. That's Mr. Steal Your Girl. And he just kept doing it. At some point, New Japan's probably going to be like, you know, I don't think I want to send that guy over there because he might not ever come back. I mean, it happened with Takeshita and DDT. They sent they sent Takeshita on an excursion, and now he's only coming back for special shows. I mean, because AEW can pay them a lot more. But mm -hmm. you know, at some point, you're going to be like, uh, you know, maybe I shouldn't send him over there. Like, you know, TNA they sent over, uh, you know, W Morrissey to do a shot against Wardlow. And that brother just never came back. <laughs> you know, they, they got a good look at him, you know, to go, to like, hey, you know, I, let's meet this guy. Let's work him out a little bit. His contract's coming up soon, and TNA fell for it. And they did the same thing when she's there. Um, of course, that was like two years later. But you, you know what I mean? It's like, I'm not saying that AEW is acting in bad faith or not. Like, these contracts no. are coming due. They're negotiating. It's competition. Um, but at some point, you're going to be like, oh, man, do I, do I really want to keep sending my talent over there to let Tony get a good look at him? You know, the same thing happened in 1984 in a much shadier way, by the way, much shadier way than what, what Vince was doing. He's like, hey, guys, we got this platform on USA Network. Why don't you just send me all your tapes and, you know, and we'll play them to our audience. So when really he was grooming his audience to get to know these talents. And then eventually he, he took them. Now, they didn't have contracts back then, and he would actually actively pay people to blow off dates for those companies. As far as we know, Tony Khan has not done that, although 
there have been guys they signed on the Indies that have blown off dates, but he hasn't really done that to like a partner or anything like that. So um, it's not the same, but it, there are similarities in some of the situations. But I think it all and here's the thing with WWE too, though. Back and back when 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 they were doing that with All America, that's why they called the show All America the train of course that's why they call it all american wrestling is because they showed wrestling from all of america right now i of the now here's the thing with in your job they're gonna be like well they wanted like if you're not a full-time contracted talent when i say full-time contract i mean a full-time employee wrestling has this gross tendency to label their guys as independent contractors and i don't understand how that creates loyalty to a company i'll never understand that right if a company can't really treat holy shit did i just lose jd again <laughs> i think i think i just lost jd again oh my gosh that's funny oh, well thank you to all the 29 people in uh that are, that are watching live right now i'm gonna go back to the chat and then we'll, we'll keep talking okada um, Mel Gray from the Power Bombshells podcast over on the Fight Game Media Network says, Okada and the Young Bucks have a super long history. People can't discount uh, how they adopted him as friends back in the day. I I, th I think that's a good point. I Other than, you know, Shinsuke Nakamura has already taken to, I believe, his Instagram and tagged Okada, said, when you're coming over, Okada then liked the, liked the post. So he does have Nakamura over there who's kind of like, like he's the template, right? Um, and whether that template is good or bad, I'll leave it up to you, but, uh, you know, Nakamura, you know, was pretty beat up during his, uh, run in new Japan. And then he got to the age 35, 36 and was like, I want to make a lot of money and I don't want to have all these crazy matches. And so he went to WWE and he's had, look, he's never been a top guy. He had a big WrestleMania match, but he's always been like upper middle card and he's being paid very well. And I know he re-signed his contract and he appears to be very happy there. So, like, you can go to WWE and be happy depending on what you want out of your life, depending on what kind of career, what you want your career to look like. And um, and I, I think, I think you know, Nakamura is is the template if, if Okada wants to go over there. Um, as far as, like, hey, you can you can make it in, in WWE. Now, Okada is a much better wrestler. He's a much bigger star than Nakamura. And so I think that if they did bring it over Okada, WWE, they would have to pay him top guy money. And if they're paying him top guy money, they're going to have to use him as if he were a top guy. Um, and whether or not they'd be willing to do that, I don't know. But, you know, people want to point towards, you know, WWE's tendencies under the old regime as if that's still what would happen currently. Um, and I just don't know. I, th I think they would probably use Okada better now than they did with Nakamura, certainly better than they ever did with Tozawa. And uh, you can name some of the other Japanese talents that have come through there. I think Okada gets used better than all of them um, because of the amount of money you would have to pay him. So um, let's uh, let's let's bring back J.D. Oliva. He is back. He's on his cell phone. Um you know, we're we're just about to wrap this uh this Okada talk up. We have a lot of uh we have a lot of other topics to get to. So uh, what, what else you got on Okada? I would hate if Okada went to WWE. Like I know people like are fantasy booking that because everyone loves WWE. I I don't I don't like the idea. I think they have way too long a track record of treating Japanese men like children, right? Like look at the stuff that like Tajiri did, and let's not like Hunter Hearst Helmsley was against treating him like shit. Let's be real. Like in most of Oka most of Nakamura's run has been mediocre. It's not been great. Like I, I, I hate this phantom revisionist thing because we like WWE and WWE is all sunshine and rainbows now. But for the vast majority of time, Okada's not or uh, Nakamura's not been a player over there. Would they use 
Okada better? Maybe. Yeah. Maybe. I mean, I can't guarantee that. They've done better by the women than they have by the men, but they still have, they still treat Akira Tozawa like a child, right? And they have yeah. a bad history of treating Japanese men like children. So, um, fuck that company. I hate them. I think they're horrible. I think it's the worst thing that could happen. If he gets paid a lot of money, great for him. I hope he likes to surf. Yeah, and and that's what I was saying. Like Nakamura is the template. Like if you're not worried about being a top guy, and you just want to go make you know really good fucking money and become really famous. But, and you're not like super worried about you know being booked like as as a main eventer. I I I think I think he could be really happy over there if that's what he wants out of his life. Um, I just don't know that that's what I don't I don't know I don't know that that's what he would want though. So I mean it's completely up to him, right? So I I know what I know what I want, and I would not want him to be kind of like an upper mid card guy, you know, for uh or you know mid card upper mid card you know. You know, getting pushed, you know, U.S. title, intercontinental title. I wouldn't want that out of Okada because I just see him, you know, being better than that. But if if he doesn't care, like, who, who am I? Fucking go be happy, dude. No, I agree. I mean, like, if that's the thing is, if they don't care, why should you care, right? Yeah. And, like, I just, I'll be honest with you, the idea of uh, him putting on, like, two-star classics with Seth Rollins and, you know, uh, those guys over there, it's like, I think it's beneath him. I do. I think, I think, I think the WWE program is beneath Kazuchika Okada. Um, and again, that's my biased opinion because I think the company is, sucks. Yeah. I, think, I, I think it sucks. I think it's creative sucks. I think it's um, wrestling sucks. I think the way they treat human beings is like characters and people that are, are, are invalid children oftentimes. I think it's garbage. And the, uh, the idea of Kazuchika Okada going over there, I, I hate it. I hate it. I, I would rather he stay in New Japan. But if he doesn't want to do that, I would much rather see him, I would much rather see him in TNA. Than I would in WWE, and it, by the way, JD, don't don't get them riled up, dude. Don't don't do it. Like the, like don't do it. Uh, I've already had to talk uh, Gerard, uh, your buddy there from Chicago. I've already had to talk him down several times. He's almost Gerard's almost been banned from the chat for for believing <laughs> for believing that TNA could sign Okada. You know, I made I made I made the joke earlier today. I was like, oh man, uh, New Japan made Okada go work TNA, and he said, "Fuck this, I'm out." <laughs> <laughs> no, he, he he actually he actually looked really he actually looked really happy there in TNA, and he has that long history with the Motor City Machine Guns, and he got a chance to team with them. And uh, there, uh, his match is actually going to be next week. And he did um, after the taping on Sunday night, I believe. He actually um, did a speech to the crowd talking about how he loves TNA and he was happy to be there and all that stuff. So, but you know, and look, TNA has like a big pile of money that they were just trying to give away. They were they were trying they tried with with uh, Osprey, they tried with CM Punk. Mm-hmm. Would, would they try with Okada? I think they would try. I just don't see them being able to make that deal. Just like I thought they wouldn't be able to make the Mercedes Monet deal. I don't even think that TNA is really worth being in the discussion. And you know what? If if it like by some miracle, if like after the match next week, and this is the thing that almost got Jared banned from the chat. If uh, if uh, by some miracle after Okada's match with uh you know the Motor City Machine Guns against Moose and his guys. If uh if uh they end the show with a big graphic that said Okada has now crossed the line, um I will you know I made this bet before I will actively poop my pants and leave them on like that's what I'll do because I just don't see it happening. I have celiac disease, so pooping your pants is something that I I is a chronic <laughs> problem for me, and it's a fear that I have every day. Um, yeah. so I might just do that anyway if it happens. <laughs> uh, so uh, I would be very surprised if they pull mainly because they've had a bad track record right of of landing these big name free it does seem like Nemeth's going to be kind of rejuvenated over there um 
I don't know. I think the template for Tony is set with Kota Ibushi. Kota Ibushi's making a lot of money. He's got to go back and to get repairs. Like his yeah. whole body, his whole body fell off when he was in Japan last time. So he's getting paid to just get surgery. So maybe I don't know. I think, and if anybody deserves a retirement tour, I think it is Okada. But I, I just don't know. I think these next couple weeks are going to be interesting. Is Okada starting his own promotion? I, somebody brought that. We've had a lot of people in the chat tonight, so thanks, guys. Thanks, guys, everybody. But somebody brought that up. Uh, it was Okada. So, no, no. I, I think I think he got himself a, a nice agent, and uh, he is going to try to do a uh, do do a run in the states. And where where that is, I I, I don't know. No, and nobody yeah. knows. And, Let's and anybody who says they do know, they, they they're lying. Yeah. Let's look at it this way. No major Japanese talent at the height of their career has ever decided to come to the U.S. and make a real run, right? It's never happened before. Misawa, I don't know if he ever worked. He might have worked a couple of ROH shows, I think, maybe. But I don't think Misawa never came here. Kabashi never came here for, like, a real run. Muto's stuff in WCW came before, like, his major stuff came before his top guy run in Japan. Inoki just had matches. Like, no major Japanese single star has ever just said, I'm going to make America my home. I mean, like when I say major, I mean like the top guy. Nakamura was like three, like of the three musketeers. He was, he was a firm three when he left. Mm-hmm. He was below Tanahashi, he was below Okada. So and this is kind of unprecedented. And I think that if anybody could, they could say, Masao worked at least one ROH show. Yeah, but it's not like making a run here, like making this your home of operations, right? It's different, right? This is this is unprecedented. Yeah. So yeah, it's nowhere else he can go. It's not like he's going to go work in Rev Pro or something like that. You know, like no, it's, he's got to be coming here. It's it's either Company A or Company B. Either maybe, way, maybe uh maybe no maybe Noah made a big play. Maybe Noah's like fuck it, we're gonna you know we we got money. We'll we'll cash in all our chips on Ogata. I think we would know that. I think we would have heard from someone. <laughs> That happened. I'm pretty sure you and I would have got a, a big text message if that. Yeah, happened. and I'm gonna go with probably not. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, pro- probably not. Uh, hey, JD, do me a favor, and um, you're talking through your headphones right now, and oh. it's distorting your audio. Like your okay. your microphone is your headphones. Can you just disconnect the headphones, and then we could just talk like you're on speakerphone? Would that fuck you up? Let me find out if that'll. I don't know. Let's find out. Okay. Okay, and then in the meantime, uh, let's let's go to the chat, and then uh, I got I got several other topics I want to get into tonight. Um, uh, King of the North says NWA baby, uh, and then he also says Mark Pickering wouldn't be able to keep the secret. That'd be in the voices of the wrestling Discord in a heartbeat. Um, and then uh, Noah sniping Okada would be would be legendary. Uh, that that yeah. Oh hold on! Oh hold on! Hold on! Oh, unmute your mic! Unmute your mic! You're muted. My bad. There you go. Go. Yeah. Sound. Yeah, it sounds a little bit better than the headphones. It was like super distorted. Sorry about that. Before, I mean, tonight's the struggle. I didn't think it was going to be this bad. I don't know what's going on. <laughs> I, I'm sorry. I apologize. Um, I hate living in the country sometimes. Uh, I he's not going to Noah, right? Noah's yeah. Noah is struggling right now to sell yeah. tickets. That's 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 the legit truth. I love Keno. A Keno. Okada match would be great. Okada versus Kiyomiya has been one of my favorite views over the last years because it's just Okada shitting up Kiyomiya every chance he gets. Like, <laughs> um, I don't, I just don't see this happening. Like, he's got to be, it's got to be here. It's got to be here. It's got to yeah. be WWE or AEW. Yeah. 
Yep. Uh, and we will, we will be, uh, we'll be on this story um, every single week until we figure out exactly where he's going. Um, so I want to, I want to pivot to uh, another, uh, this would be an AEW topic. Um, AEW dynamite, as we talked about earlier was number one in the ratings. They, uh, they got close to almost 900,000 viewers are like right in the high eights and um, number one for the night. And can we officially put the nail in the coffin of the MJF era? The BOGO Max era is dead. People want a badass world champion, make, cutting badass promos, talking about beating the shit out of people. And they want badass matches. And that's what we got in, in Dynamite last night. I really feel like this was the best Dynamite I'd seen in a long time. I agree. Um, we've been saying it on this show for the better part of six months, that it was time for Max's. It just, it just wasn't what that particular audience wants guys like us right like we didn't want wwe light and that's what we were getting with max since last summer right some of the early stuff like the stuff he did a year ago with danielson was a lot of fun um we started to lose steam and double or nothing and by the time the summer came everything was off the fucking rails so i mean like here we are we've got a champion that fucking rules right having joe giving joe the title and letting joe be joe is awesome we've got i love that aw is keeping this going where we have all kinds of challengers right i hope this just becomes what the that's the way you differentiate yourself from wwe right because wwe is always like the one guy the two guys are married the one guy is challenging and this is the program and they're you know it's going to be like that i love all these guys saying i want my shot at the champ i want to be the champ right i love yeah. that swerve and hangman are both staking their claim i like that hook stuck his nose in i like that wardlow and cole want to get involved i like that joe is a marked man i like the idea of the champion having a target on his back because we don't see that enough in pro wrestling that's cool dynamite was a it's been a good show lately i was really worried coming out of the pandemic or um, pandemic what the heck i was really worried coming out of the uh the c2 that we would lose some steam and I don't know, man. It's the best shows they've had in over a year. Like, I, I feel great about it. The, the ratings are ticking up. They're selling more tickets, right? There's a, there's a, there's a stronger vibe in the company again. Like, do Raw? You, did you listen to Thursday Joe's, uh, Joe Lanza's Thursday show? I, I have no. I, I, I'm, I typically stick with the flagship. Yeah. So I listened to him. I found this interesting. Dynamite is down two percent year over year. That's pretty negligible. Do you know how much yeah. Raw is down this year in January? No. <clears throat> 16. Mm. 16%. That's pretty tough. Yeah. That is pretty tough. So, I mean, but that's not what the narrative is telling us. The narrative tells us how hot WWE is. And it always catches like the narrative takes time to catch up with reality. So, I think that maybe WWE, not that they're on hot or anything like that, but I think maybe they're starting to come to earth and AEW is starting to come back up a little bit. You know what I really want? I want 1986. I want 1986. I want Crockett and WWF. I want two companies that are different, that are both selling a shit ton of tickets and, make, and doing great TV. That's all I want. I want two companies that are super strong and that are different from each other. And you can like one or the other. That's all. That's it. I'm a happy camper. And then if you can have Mid-South, or in this case, TNA, coming up strong just behind them, that's great. That's 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 all I want. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I think that would be good. It'd be nice if both of them are strong. The problem is, is if you know the number one is strong, um, it typically like number two is kind of a, a distant. You know, look, AEW is still kind of a distant number two, but look, they're holding. They're like 
they're successful like they're doing great some of some of their ticket sales aren't that great right now but they're also doing a lot more events you know they're doing a couple a week and mm -hmm. um and the novelty kind of wore off on a lot of those things and so but i think they're smartly working some smaller buildings and like the um the place that they're working in um in uh las vegas is actually in a town called henderson which is a suburb and it's like a you know 3500 seat arena right and like they're they're working for collision taping so they're doing stuff like that so i i think i think aew is doing great um i have been really impressed with the shows lately the devil storyline being done is so awesome i'm just so sick of it you know and i i, I really loved the tournament so i was worried that the show would be bad once the tournament got away that they'd go back to more hokey shit but they haven't they the last night episode um kicked a ton of ass like it was just it was badass matches it was badass promos you got a little bit of the hokey shit with tony storm um and i dude, uh, i i took to twitter and shit all over that but dude she said she was gonna punch diana in the box i laughed my okay, ass that was funny when I heard okay that. that that part was funny yeah that, i mean like <laughs> you could be as stupid as you want if you threaten to punch someone in the box i'm on board i'm in i laughed my ass off tony yeah. won me over in that alone like yeah. it's stupid but it's like it's such a it's for the title so i can't say it's insignificant but i mean like I get, it's fine. Like it's never going to be perfect, and it's not like it's not eating the show, right? It's just yeah. the one segment, and I can yeah. handle Tony being because at least it makes her different, right? But mm -hmm. if Matt Taven's out there masturbating a giraffe, right? Then and we've got Tony Storm. Then I'm like, okay, that's it, this is too much stupid shit. I'm okay with it. Like, yeah, I liked I liked I liked Dynamite last night. I like Joe killing people. Right. I like the building of I like that we still have Hangman and Swerve. I just man, it was it's working for me, dude. It really is. I think that it's the best Dynamite's the best it's been in probably like a year and a half, quite frankly. Yeah, they're yeah, they're they're on a really good run. I am, you know, the undisputed kingdom is just not working for me. Like I, maybe it's because they still have resentment over yeah, the devil's storyline. I, I think they're they're flat. And I, I just really don't care about Roddy Strong versus Orange Cassidy. Look, I know Orange Cassidy's going to – he's really good at timing his kickouts, right? And he's going to do that a lot. And Roddy's going to hit him with every fucking move he's ever thought of. And Orange is going to kick out of all of them. And then he's going to roll him up and win. I already know what's going to happen. So I'm at, like at this point, because I just don't care about the Undisputed Kingdom, I just don't care about that match. I, You know, I, I'm going to come at you with the different aspects. I mean, like – is it is that probably what's gonna happen? Yeah, but it all comes down to execution. Like nothing's original. It's all come. It all comes down to execution. And I truly believe that Orange Cassidy and Roderick Strong, between two veteran guys that know how to work, I think they're gonna have an awesome match when the time comes. I really do. So yeah. I'm 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 open to it. Um, Kingdom's got to do something. Like I want to see them get. I want. I need to see them work a program. They're not really doing anything right now. Like they're staking their claim on titles, which is cool, but we need to move past them. Like it feels like the promotion has moved past Max at the moment, but I don't yeah, feel like good. the whole yeah. company had. It feels like they're still like they're still lingering on the Max story. I want to see them get involved with something else. Yeah. Are are we on in the midst of the greatest run of Samoa Joe's career? Because I think that we are. Um, now our TNA friends will not like us for that. Um, but there's a lot of well, bad you, jokes up in TNA too. Yeah. So his 05 to 08, well, I thought was pretty great. Like the run, oh, with, the, the matches with Sting and AJ Styles and Angle. After 08, they didn't really know what to do with him anymore. No. They, they, could, they couldn't figure out how to book a bad motherfucker. He goes to NXT, 
has a has an okay run main roster. He does you know one match with Roman Reigns and he has the one match with Brock Lesnar and then all of a sudden he's an announcer. So right. and then of course you know you, you got your you got your Ring of Honor stuff that he'd done before TNA that was really popular with the tape trader community. Um, but I, I'm just looking at this guy right now like you know I just don't know that there that I like anybody better than a than a motivated cardiovascularly in shape like just roaring to go like cutting badass promos Samoa Joe like I like when him and Kurt Angle I'm sorry when him and Kurt Angle um faced off in 2006 when Kurt Angle came to TNA like that was like in my opinion one of the greatest moments in wrestling history because you had like my favorite wrestler from WWE coming over to face my favorite wrestler from TNA and there are these two badasses and then Kurt Angle just headbutts the bastard and then now we got like fireworks and like we had that big fight feel Right. And so I just feel I feel like every time I see Samoa Joe come out on AEW um, now within the like the last six months versus the pre- his previous run, I, I feel like violence is about to happen. And like I like this guy is just super legit and I just love everything he's doing. No, I agree 100 percent. You know what this really is? This is like, you know, how you had Kabashi's run in all Japan. Right. This feels like Kabashi's run in, in Noah. When Kabashi okay. was like the man in Noah and he was coming over here to yeah. ROH, had that match with Joe. Like this mm-hmm. is like Joe in that part of his career where he's the old elder statesman. You know, he's a little beat up, but like you don't know it watching him. Like he's smarter and he just his promo I think he might be one of the best promos in wrestling. Yeah. Right. He might be yep. the best promo in wrestling right now. There's just something, and I, I hope they're not in a, I, I'm kind of bummed that they went to Hangman and Swerve so quick because I want them to keep this belt on him for a while. Cause like we never really had like Joe on t- like ruling over a company, right? Joe's always just kind of the other guy. Like it feels like, it really feels like this is Joe's company at the moment. Mm-hmm. And it's great for it. Like, if you had told me two years ago at this point that Samoa Joe would be like the man in AEW, I'd be like, how is that going to happen? Like, I thought, dude, I thought he was shot when he came to AEW. Me too. His his too. early matches in Ring of Honor and AEW, I didn't think were good. I really didn't. Yeah, it, it, it wasn't until I I think he had a match with Darby where he just beat the piss out of Darby. Like that was a good match, and it wasn't really until like the the Punk match at Wembley, really. And I was just like, oh man, I think Joe still got something. And then all of a sudden, he's going on this incredible run. Well, I think, too, is, like, he was basically retired for two or three years. Like, he's not, yeah. but he wasn't, he kind of was. Like, he was off, he had that bad concussion, he missed a ton of time, then he was an announcer, and then he went back to NXT for a hiccup that people have kind of forgotten about already, and then he was just kind of gone, right? And so, like, yeah. I think it might have taken him a little while to kind of find his footing again, because WWE never, like, in early early NXT run, you got, like, Joe. Like you got Joe and Balor and Joe and Nakamura, which should have been better. It wasn't as good as it wasn't as good as you think it would be. Joe Joe and Balor was good. Joe and Nakamura, I did not think was all that good. No, it was very it was very middle of the road, which was surprising. Yeah. I did like Joe and Balor though. So I mean, like we didn't quite hit it, and I feel like I do feel like this is like the most complete version of Samoa Joe we've probably seen since 2006, quite frankly. And yeah. I'm happy. I'm I'm ecstatic that it's happening because you really don't. It doesn't really happen where wrestlers get this like amazing second coming in their career, right? Mm-hmm. I can think of a handful off the top of my head, but I mean, like, not a lot. This is yeah. this is special what we're getting from Samoa Joe right now. Yeah, and if he is just the transitional champion to either Page or uh, Page or Strickland, then I uh, then I changed my mind about this being the greatest run of his career because <laughs> that that was like I'd like to see him hold the belt for for a little bit, at least until like double or nothing or something like that. 
say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. Yeah, give me like six months. Give me till double or nothing. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Hopefully with the three away, we can have a little bit of a schmoz because because you know, you know, Swerve and, and Hangman are gonna kill each other, right? And that can be like yeah. a great way to keep the belt on Joe for a while. But yeah, let let the main event get freshened. Because I like having both those two guys in the main event scene. Like Hangman feels more vital than he's ever felt since he lost the belt yeah. the first time. Right. Swerve is finally on the ascension, right? Like we've got we've got flat, we've got fresh blood in the main event and it feels exciting because we always talk about on the show like companies live and die by the main event right wwe got hot last year because roman reigns and Sami Zayn got really hot yeah. that's the truth the nothing like a main event is always what it comes down to and that's what we got right now we've got main events who feel like they matter it's great yeah yeah they yeah they do um Nonzo, this is Nonzo, by the way, tactical playmaker. Oh. Uh, yeah, he's got he's got a cool name there. But he says, I still replay that Joe Angle uh, confrontation every other week. Well, oh, yeah, they. Best. Well, Garrett Kidney tweets it every other week from the Impact account that's, too. Like that's that's, that's one of their point. best. It's one of their best clips. Um, and then King of the North says he's the best Samoan Joe World Champion right now. So for those of you listening, um, uh, Roman Reigns' real first name is Joe, actually. <laughs> so, Joe and Hawaii. Isn't yeah. that crazy? That yeah. Is, wow. Yeah. Uh, and uh, right now I'm, and I may feel differently that I think Joe should beat pages or I feel like he should. I agree Absolutely. Yeah, I agree too. Um, so um, we, we, we got, we actually saw plenty of time left. Let's go ahead and go to our next topic. Uh, I want to talk about, I want to talk about TNA's relaunch. Um, I don't know how much of you have seen, have you seen no. at least some of the clips and stuff like that? Clips. I've seen the clips online. I wanted to watch the show tonight, but I didn't get a chance because I didn't get home until just before the show yeah. started. So um, I'm gonna watch. I'm gonna watch TNA for the first TNA for the first time in a decade. I'm gonna watch Impact for the first time since Taylor Wilde broke my will to live last spring, and yeah. I'm actually looking forward to it. I mean, I hear nothing but good things from from our friends in the chat. So let's talk yeah. about the. Re- yeah, so uh, what I got to say is um, I, I, I like everything they have done so far. There's been some, you know, some decisions like booking that I wouldn't have made, but it's kind of I find it hard to complain about stuff that's like on the undercard. Like, you know, you kind of like you, what you were saying about Timeless Tony. Like if Timeless Tony wasn't the, the champion there, I probably wouldn't be so bothered by it, but she's like kind of in a, like one of their main female stars. But, you know, like, um, but it, look. The problem with Tony she is, is probably the most overstar in the company for the females right now. So, uh, I pro- probably. So, um, you know, I I thought that when TNA that they did this relaunch that we were just going to see this influx of new talent that would just take the company over, and we haven't seen that. that. We haven't seen that. They brought in some new talent, yeah. but at Hard to Kill, every single person that won a match was from the Impact Wrestling era. They're just taking care of their own, right? And then they're they're bringing it. Yeah, and I was like, "Oh, this is awesome!" Like I, like I'm kind of, I'm getting some of the new talent, but they're gonna come in and earn their spot. Like, like Zaya Brookside, I just assumed that Zaya Brookside would probably win the Ultimate X because she's brand new, and I honestly I'd never even heard of her before. And, um, but she did. She she came in and Giselle Shaw won. 
Um, Hammerstone came in to challenge Josh Alexander. One would think that if uh, they had Hammerstone signed, that he would beat Josh Alexander. But no, Alexander won. You know, Moose won the world title. Uh, Chris Saban held on to the X Division title. Uh, Chris Bay and Ace Austin held on to the tag team title. So they're they're taking care of their own, and then they're starting to build stories for these new talents. So they uh, they really refreshed their roster. They brought in Nick Nemeth, who I think looks like he's going to be rejuvenated in this company. Uh, between working here in New Japan and uh, Game Changer Wrestling, he's got kind of he's got kind of his groove back, man. I'm excited to see what he does. Uh, like I already said, inside Brookside, look, I I saw her wrestle tonight. She seems fine. Um, they got the Grizzly Young Vets. I think they're very good. They're a lot better than I thought they were. They're good. You're you're talking to a guy that's seen exactly zero episodes of NXT UK. So I just I judge them based off of their name, and it's a stupid fucking name. But um, you, you can't be the Grizzly Young Vets forever. But they um, and it's too like indie inside term like for a, for a name. I just think it's stupid. But they're they're very they're a very good tag team. Um, and then you know they they signed Kushida. They sent some other folks. The camera work is a lot better. Like the set looks amazing. The logos look great. They got sponsors now. Like the ring ropes they changed. They brought back across the line theme song. Like I I think the whole presentation just looks so much better. And they and they killed it at the at the Pearl at the Palms, man. Like uh, I thought that they weren't gonna be able to sell that place out. But not only did they sell out the tickets they had on sale. They almost for hard to kill. They almost got it up to capacity. They got like about uh, 1,800 people in there, which is a record for for um, for Anthem owned TNA. But they said it was the highest attended show in uh, like 10 years for that company, and they broke their gate record for the last 10 years. And then to follow up, they 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 ran the Palms the next night on Sunday night, and typically their houses drop like 50%, but they actually kept about 75, 85% of the audience from the night before and still had about 1200 people in, in the audience the, the next night. So man, these guys are doing great. I'm happy for them. They're doing business wise. It's been, it's been solid. I want to see them not put the title on Nick Neiman because that would be a very TNA thing to do. I think that's, I think that'd be a huge mistake to immediately annoy Nemeth as your champion when you just put the belt back on Moose, right? I think yeah. Nemeth needs to come in and eat a little shit, right? Yeah. Right. It needs to. They need to establish that Moose is our guy. They have to. They have to. Yeah. Um, I hear we still can't white balance on the backstage stuff. It. It, it was that an issue? I, I like. I don't. I didn't. Oh, really? I didn't. I didn't know. Like, so BQ said. I don't know if he said white balance, but I said like um, lighting. The lighting was not great because they don't have like. They don't have like a full studio set up back there, so they're kind of filming in the hallway. So yeah, mm -hmm. I think the the, but it's not like it's not like that crazy. It's not it's not that bad. I didn't think anyway. Okay, now let's address the elephant in the room. What the fuck does elegance by Ash mean? So it's Ash by elegance, or Ash sir. By elegance. Oh, um, I, 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 I can I can assure everyone listening and watching the show that uh, that this is nowhere near even resembling anything that Timeless Tony is doing. And I think that's what people were oh. worried about at first. Yeah. It's like, okay, you see a blonde with a with a with a nice dress on, you think she's timeless Tony. That's not that's not what this was. So she is doing like a new gimmick where she's kind of like one of those girls from a perfume commercial. It's kind of what it looks like. So I don't know. I'm giving it time. The new the the first like intro segment she did, I'm like on the fence about it. But here here's what I will say. So Dana this is Dana Brooke by the way. Here here's what I will say. She's not coming in being, you know, Danny Brookside, you know, or whatever, or or, or Brookie Danison. 
and just being a version of what she was in WWE. Like she's coming in and trying something new, trying out a new character and, and doing something completely different. And she signed here long term. So um, now the character might shit the bed. It might suck, but at least she's trying something different. She's not Dango. Fair. Dango. Terrible gimmick. Ash by elegance. It should be the other way around. It should be elegance by Ash. That would be a better perfume name. It makes it doesn't. It's like <laughs> the syntax is driving me crazy. The writer brain in me is, is firing. I'm like that doesn't. It doesn't. It doesn't work like that. <laughs> but um, is she still terrible? Is the question. Is she still she awful? She, she hasn't wrestled yet. Yeah. Oh, that's probably the best move then possible. Yeah. yeah. Just keep I think. They're doing tapings in Orlando this weekend. I think she's got a match scheduled for Saturday, I think. But uh, where are they we're, taping we're, in Orlando? Uh, well, unfortunately, not the Impact Zone, which is where like old school TNA should be. But it's a uh, like in in some type of they've worked a place before when they used to do TNA stuff or Impact. I think it's Kissimmee, actually. Now that I think of it, Orlando, Kissimmee, same thing. Um, yeah, yeah, it's probably probably one of those places that that fucking Eddie Graham used to run back in the day. I, I don't think this is a nice place. They, <laughs> why don't they run the old soundstage? They W's not. They were doing dark there for a while. Those are actually fun darks when they were running in the Impact Zone. Like now yeah. that AEW is not there, they should probably try to get the Impact Zone back. Yeah, well, I I don't think they should run there regularly, but I, I think going a couple times a year would be fun. Yeah, I think so. If you're, in, if you're in Orlando, yeah, like why not run the Impact Zone? I mean, like it's the imp- I mean, so like I like when AEW runs Daily's place, right? Mm-hmm. Because it's just, I wish, I wish WWE would run the Manhattan Center, right? Because yeah. it just, to me, in my mind, that's just that's Manhattan. That, you know, I kind of like when company, too many companies run the twenty three hundred arena, and it looks nothing like ECW arena anymore. So I don't have the 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 love for that. It's like when companies run Cork and like TNA should be running the Impact Zone, right? They, I mean, yeah. like it just feels right, especially if you're in Orlando, like. I think they got. I think Scott, you gotta, you gotta fix that. As a TNA fan, like, are you happy with where we are right now in this relaunch? As a TNA podcaster, let me just say that as a TNA podcaster, because I had a, as a fan, I had a very love hate relationship with TNA, and I did not want them to go back to that name because I had such resentment against it. But I will say, as a guy that likes the show, um, as a fan, I'm glad that they're still doing that it's still kind of impact wrestling, but they freshened up the look, they freshened up the logo. There's a ton of more energy in the company. And I think that's been the big thing that's been missing for a long time. Like people are excited about it and their, their fan base isn't going to grow much bigger than what it already is. But at least the people that, that like the show will be more in, are more energized by it. And it, it really came through the screen. Like people were just excited and happy to be there and they love chanting TNA. And, and it just made the matches more fun to watch. Right. Like it wasn't a bunch of people. It's usually like this, this the same 25 people going to these shows, just sitting on their hands. Right. And so like, like, no, it's like, wow, they're in this really beautiful theater with 1700 people and they're all going crazy, you know, chanting their ass off and having a ton of fun that's been the thing that's been missing with this company for a long time is energy and uh, i am excited to cover it going forward um and um i'm excited for you know for the new moves i don't think they're going to go to nick nemeth because i don't think he's actually signed here i i think that he's i i think he's got a handshake agreement to work a a bunch of dates 
but it wouldn't surprise me if this time next year Nick Nemeth is uh, doing something else. That that wouldn't surprise me. So uh, I I get the feeling he's wrestling Moose at like the April pay per view or something like that though. So I I don't think you're wrong. I think we talk about this a lot with AEWs too. Is like how you want more people in the crowd. I think having more people it can be a bit overrated. Yeah, it's better for your bottom line. But like, there's a lot of times like I'll watch WWE stuff and they'll have a big crowd and they cheer for entrances. And then the match starts and they're like, and they don't react. Like I would much rather have a thousand people in the crowd who are losing their shit. Like that comes Mm -hmm. across so much better on TV than a big arena where everybody's just where you have to sweeten the sound all the time. Like, I think that's, I think it's more important to make your show seem like an awesome place to be like those old nitros, right? Like nitro is so good about running small venues and have like these electrons like nitro ran a show at the mall of America that felt awesome. They used to run these shows. Club La Vila is the one that we always kind of remember, but they ran a few of those like clubs where it was freaking cool. Like they weren't all great. Like they weren't that day. They told to the tone of beach show. That was kind of the drizzling <laughs> shit. And some yeah. of those hog wilds could be uh, interesting. Brutal. Yeah. But they did a good job of making those cool venues be awesome. And a lot of times, especially when they were hot, they run a small venue where people were just like losing their shit because they're watching these awesome matches. So I think that for TNA, I think that's more important than anything right now is making sure your audience is engaged and excited. Yeah. And and, and I think that that's what they did. And look, and they, they sold all those tickets with no storylines, no, 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 no. storylines whatsoever. And then on, um, for hard to kill specifically, they really didn't have any outsiders, right? Like the, they, they had Okada and Osprey for the tapings the next night, but they didn't really, you know, move any tickets immediately after the announcements were made. Like this whole, like the, all these tickets were signed off or uh, sold off of the excitement of, uh, of basically, you know, TNA and what, what it's going to be. And I, and you know, BQ was in the audience and I had several other listeners that were in the audience and everybody was just like, yeah, dude, like this is going to be badass going forward. Now we'll see where they're at three months from now. We'll, we'll, we'll see, you know, how, how it all shakes out. But I really think that the, there's a good vibe in the company. I'm happy for them. I'm excited for them. And uh, we'll, we'll, we'll see where, we'll see where it goes from there. And, uh, oh, and I, I guess I should uh, talk about Dollar General. Uh, Dollar General AJ Francis. <laughs> he uh, he came out to do it. I don't know if you saw JD. He came out to do uh, to debut his new music video with DJ Who Kid, and he was interrupted by one Joe Hendry. So and treated like a complete dork, complete dork geek loser. That's the perfect way to treat Top Dollar. He thinks he's so fucking cool, and you treat him like a geek, and you got good television. Yeah, Dave was mad about that this morning. He's like, why isn't he a monster? And I'm like, because he fucking sucks. That's why he's not a monster. He's terrible. Yeah. Like, yeah. I, put, I posted that in the I posted that in the VOW Slack and they're like, has Dave ever seen him wrestle? Yeah. I, I mean, like, I get like I get where Dave is coming from. You want this big guy who can talk, you think you, you want him to be like special, but nobody takes him seriously. Nobody mm-hmm. but our buddy Scott. That's it. Everyone else thinks he's a joke. Like <laughs> Just, I mean, I think it's perfect. Like, you had this dork debut music video, so the perfect guy to come out and shut it is Joe Hendry. When I heard that, I'm like, that might be the best bit of booking Scott's ever done. It really, <laughs> yeah. It's, yeah, it's fucking brilliant. Like, it's like, and I, honest to God, I wanted nothing to do with looking at, jo- at Dollar General on this show, which by that's what we're going to call him from now on. That's, oh, our that's his name, yeah, yeah, that's his name. Yeah. HB, fuck him, who cares? He's Dollar General. Like, if I get to watch Joe Henry 
do his lame. They're kind of lame, but they're always fun songs about how much of an idiot he like Dollar General is. I'm on board. I think there's yeah. no better use for the guy. I think for the rest of his wrestling career, people should just talk about how much he sucks. <laughs> yes, yes, and he's and uh, to his credit, he seems to have a pretty good sense of humor about all of it. So you know, good good for him. Yeah. Good um, for him. Yeah. Um, so did you uh, did you get a chance to watch any wrestling over the weekend? Because there was a lot. I've watched no wrestling in the last like eight days. Like since last so, dynamite dynamite last week. I didn't I got to I only watched dynamite through clips and sporadically. I forgot dynamite was on last night. When I got home from kids' practice, I fell asleep. And then I was watching clips of it a little bit during work when I had some free time. So I haven't like sat down and watched a real wrestling show. I'm I'm slammed with like work right now. It's been I'm struggling. I'm I'm like fiending to watch some wrestling. It's killing me. Well, since you're, since you're fiending, um, I'll give you a couple matches from Hard to Kill if you ever get a chance. Um, oh, yeah, please, please. Uh, yeah, yeah. Um, the X Division match with uh, Chris Sabin versus uh, Kushida versus Vikingo, great. No, and, no and, yeah, no. And then Josh Alexander versus Ale- uh, Alexander Hammerstone. I I, I thought they nailed it. Um, and then Battle in the Valley, I got a chance to watch the uh, the main and co-main there. And actually, I actually watched a little bit more than just that. So I watched – so they had Okada and Will Ospreay. Surprise, surprise. Fantastic match. Um, yeah, yeah. And then Shingo and John Moxley had a hell of a street fight. I loved that match. Um, Eddie Kingston versus Gabe Kidd was a bit of a schmoz, but it was a fun schmoz to watch. So, 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 th- so that that was cool. And then uh, I'm going to give you one in a little bit out of left field. Shout out to our buddy Justin Nipper, um, Keno versus Goshiozaki. Oh, I'm not surprised that at all, dude. Go I checked that. Well, I know we just don't get a chance to talk about Noah very often, and sure. uh, I, I heard that that match was a was pretty incredible. So I was like, you know what? I got a little bit of time. Let me kick on some. Your 49ers were in the playoffs this weekend because they're so fucking great. They got a week a week off. They got a buy. So. Now I got a little, I got extra time to watch some, <laughs> some wrestling and um, yeah, dude, Shizaki and Keno was awesome. I love that match. You go. Shizaki is one of my favorite wrestlers. When we were both with fight game, I wrote a big thing on the, uh, the history of go Shizaki and his runs with the, uh, the global honor crown. I freaking love that guy. Keno is on the run of his career right now. I'm definitely going to make time to see that one. Cause I heard some other people praising it. There's like a lot of good wrestling right now. I'm, like I'm, it's so I I get pretty uh I get pretty emotional, shall we say? Um, so I was like, it was pretty obvious. Like I would go in the chat, be like, man, JD just hates all wrestling. <laughs> like, and I was like, is it really? <laughs> do I? And then I thought of, I'm like, I do. I hate wrestling. I fucking hate yeah. wrestling. That that makes when, when, my job really hard. I'm a- very AEW happy. sucking for all those months really soured you on just about everything wrestling related. It really did. And then because like I was so cold on TNA. And, you know, at the time, people were like, oh, it's better. It's better now. <laughs> Jacobs is gone. And I was like, no, I can't. I can't turn back. Because New Japan kind of sucked last year. Like, let's be honest. 2023, outside of the WWE, was not good. It was not a good yeah. year in pro wrestling. Right? But everyone seems revitalized. All Japan with Nakajima is doing yeah. good stuff. New Japan is going to – they have no choice. They have to – be different they have to have a bit of a revolution there they got to push someone young they have to at this point they got to pull the trigger on somebody and it should be yoda suji because you got to know if he's a guy or not yeah you yeah got to. yeah absolutely so, yeah, i'm excited just to be excited about wrestling again and i just got to get through my own wrestling season and just like fully embrace it sting's gonna retire i love the new young bucks gimmick like 
they're at their best <laughs> when they're smarmy pricks. Like yeah. they are. So it's it's perfect. Like we're gonna get Sting retiring. Like you know, Okada just melted the internet tonight. Like Will Ospreay's coming into AEW. TNA is alive, and I, I for the first time in my life, I'm mildly interested in what Nick Nemeth is gonna do. Here's the real question, Mike: When the fuck is TNA gonna sign Hammerstone, and why isn't it right now? I don't know, but Demore's kind of getting in my face a little bit by not signing him because I have been saying that for a long time. Like that was like, I, honestly. I get trying to make an offer for Osprey. I get trying to make an offer for Punk, but like even when he made the offer, like he knew that that was not going to happen. But he, I think he felt like he had to to show people that he was serious. I think I think Hammerstone's worth a good chunk of that money that you're offering those guys. Not not you know not like millions, you know what I mean. But I, I think you can give him a good six figure deal. I think you could pay him what you're paying Moose. I don't I don't I don't think that's too crazy. I, I think I think he's a guy. Like he's a dude. That, that I think will get people excited. He just needs to look, he's been on MLW and I know TNA is not the biggest platform, but they're bigger than MLW. And if, if TNA got their promotional machine behind him, he could be like an enduring star for those guys. I really I think agree. so. I agree. I've been, I've been on the Hammerstone bandwagon since 2019. Like I love, I will, I will profess my love for the death, for the dynasty forever. Like I love that stuff. I think that, the dude can work face. The dude's a great heel, but he can work face. Like he's got a body that's a throwback, but he can work. He's like Brian Cage, but he's like actually big. Like Brian yeah. Cage is jacked to hell, but Hammerstone, like Brian, he's like like Cage is like deceptively small, right? Yeah, Cage Cage is a a blowed up middleweight essentially. Yeah. Like yeah, like I think yeah. I think. I think without all of the extracurricular stuff he puts into his body, he's probably 185 pounds. He's only like five foot nine, five foot ten. Like yeah. Hammerstone's like six foot one, six foot two, yeah. two seventy-five. Right. He's a legit heavyweight. Like, and he can yeah. work. Like yeah. he's got he's got charisma. I don't think, and I don't think he's ever had like great creative to work with in MLW because I don't think Cork does great creative. Like, I think that having him have a great match with, with Josh is a great springboard, but the dude's capable of more. And that's like, I'm looking at them bringing these guys in and I'm like, dude, Hammerstone is right there. There's, I mean, like, yeah. I, 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 I don't understand why he's not signed by any, I mean, like I get why AEW doesn't pick him up because they're kind of full and he gets lost in the shuffle a little bit there. So I'm like, there's a company right here, like yeah. So well, something something tells me he's he might be negotiating with WWE a little bit. I, I think I think you know I think he was you know, he's been under the MLW deal for a long time, basically since the incept the like the inception of the new MLW. He's been there, and he's been under contract, and I think he's kind of playing the field a little bit. But look, he's been all over social media all week asking people if he should sign with TNA. I think I think eventually that deal gets done if WWE does not sign him. I think the TNA is the is the move. I think here's, they bring him in. Here's why I think that is more of a possibility now than it would have been a year ago. With Hammerstone. I'm a Hammerstone fan. But Hammerstone looks as his look is everything. And how do I put this? Um the wellness policy and Hammerstone might not go well together. Yeah. But I don't know if the wellness policy is a thing in WWE anymore. It it, it is still a thing. I think if like, you're it is, but if you're Styles and Randy Orton. But if you're at a certain level 
it doesn't matter. And if you can afford the good stuff that is undetectable, they're not going to go investigate you. Right. Um, look, and l- let's be honest, you can get to an anti-aging clinic. If you make enough money, if you're, if you're a millionaire, you can get to an anti-aging clinic and they can, um, they can pump you full of HGH and they can give you all the, the really the synthetic stuff that can kind of go in and out of your system. And you can beat any test that you want, as long as you got the money. Hammerstone's getting that OG stuff that comes in the mail off of uh, off of the dark web, you know, like it's coming. It's 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 got a little vial, and he's getting like a, a a big box of syringes from the local CVS, and he's and he's hooking himself up at that because he doesn't make AJ Styles money or he doesn't make Randy Orton money, like like the wellness. You know, you know what I mean? Like he, he, no, he's pretty open about that stuff. And, 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 and I kind of admire him and Brian cage about that. They're just kind of like, yeah, we like, like, like we're not hiding anything. Just look look at us. Look at us. (laughs) Look at us. Hammerstone's legs are sickening, but they're great. Um, So I mean, like I do, but that being said, it seems like WWE is willing to turn the other a blind eye if they like you. So I mean, like, I'll be honest, I think Hammerstone's better than most of the people in NXT right now. All of them, actually. He's better than everyone in NXT right now. And I think he's better than most of the guys in the main roster in WWE. I think that that would be a good signing for them. I think it's a better signing for TNA because he could be a guy. And they need guys. They need guys. Again, my one fear with this TNA relaunch is, again, everyone's excited. But, what, again, what got a lot of attention? It's, again, we're bringing in WWE cast-offs. Yeah. Right? And I get it. I get it. Neem with this reflect, refresh elegance by asher or whatever the fuck is like it's something new but it's it's like it's the same right mm-hmm. it's what they always do is hey look at these guys from wwe we picked up i would much rather see them you know find another guy like a joe right yeah. and that's kind of what hammerstone can be he can kind of be a joe for the new generation like i would rather see that than yeah we just gotta wait for someone wwe cut yeah yeah um i i agree with you there um it does make me a little bit nervous but I was excited to see that all the people that that were put over over the weekend were yeah, their own people. So you know, you know what I mean. So mm-hmm. it's like I, I think you, I think you can do both. I think you could bring in former WWE talent because we said on here before, we don't really want to judge any. We don't really want to judge anybody based off where they used to work. So if you got a free agent, if you know, it's like. It's like, you know, being a, a Buffalo Bill and, and like the Patriots cut somebody. And you're like, well, I can't sign him. I don't want to have too many Patriots on my team. It's like, well, you know, but can can the guy tackle? Then you probably want to put him in the lineup. It's, you know, one of those situations. But what you don't want to do is kind of be the land of WWE cast-offs either, right? You, you don't want to become that. And that's kind of what TNA's reputation was. Yeah. Remember, I always look back to, uh, I think it was Slammiversary 2020 when the whole marketing campaign was – who did we pick up off the scrap heap? <laughs> you know, yeah. I, I want those days to be done. And I yeah. want them just to be TNA. Because TNA, if you're calling yourself TNA, when I think of TNA, I think of that 05 to 08 era where they were making mm-hmm. their own guys for the most part. Like Grant Booker was around and Kevin Nash and those guys. But that's not why you watch TNA. You watch TNA for the machine gun, for the motor screen machine guns. You watch TNA for Samoa Joe. You watch TNA for AJ Styles. Like that's why you were there. So I want them to be – I want them to focus more into that. I want them to find more young guys. There's there's good talent knocking around the indies, right? I don't want them to just get so hung up into, you know, your Kurt Myers's, you know, Matt Cardona's, those kind of guys. Like, there's yeah, guys you – know, you know, I I had like a list of indie talents that they should sign. Brian Keith has since been signed by AEW, um, so I thought I thought he would have been a good pickup for them. You know, you got Titus Alexander out there. They just brought yeah. in Leon Slater, so uh, I don't know when he actually yeah, starts Slater's a team. Good. But 
but he he has signed. I just don't know that he he is going to be there at the Orlando tapings. He wasn't in Vegas, so they look they they uh, they they do have a good opportunity here, and I I hope the best for him. Um, yeah, just real quick, last couple topics, and we'll just uh, we'll get out of here. Um, Black Taurus, speaking of TNA, he he left a AAA. And um, even even after TNA and AAA signed this big landmark agreement that never existed before between the two companies, um, they uh, he decided he was leaving leaving a AAA, and now he can't uh, and now he can't use his name Black Toros apparently because it looks like he's going to AEW ROH, and uh, AAA is not letting him keep his name, which is weird considering AEW and AAA also work together. I've been wondering about that since this I almost said Sincara, since the Mystico thing last fall. Um and AEW it's not with TNA and and A and Triple A kind of like cementing their thing, I wonder if that AEW CML uh CML relationship will strengthen and their triple A one will kind of lighten. I don't know. So that being said, I don't think there's a lot of value in the Black Tarus name in the United States because Black Tarus is a guy that people like us who know wrestling can watch him and go, oh, man, that's the best base luchador in the world. Yeah. But a lot of people watch him, and he's the guy that always loses in lucha matches. So what, mm-hmm. like, if he can't be Black Taurus anymore, I'm kind of like, who cares? Like, Just give him, give, give him a different gimmick, and he can still do the same be. matches. Yeah. Yeah. Like, you know, um, I, I, don't, I don't, you know, they don't need to have the Taurus name. He can, there's other ways to say bull, you know? It's like, like he he could be he could be you know some, something different. So, um, but I I that was the reason why I brought it up was because it looks like the AAA um, AEW relationship is not quite what it used to be. Even though um, Vikingo just got challenged by Action Andretti, so it looks like Vikingo is coming back. I I think once AEW um, steals Vikingo from AAA, <laughs> that relationship is over. I think you're right. Um, I don't think, I mean, it seems like Tony Khan and Conan have a weird relationship to begin with where Conan will actively blast Tony's creative and stuff like that. But Tony pays his guys more than he pays them. So it's kind of like, it's like all the AAA guys want to be on AEW TV because it's more exposure and it's more money. But then Conan, who is himself not a great booker, gets like all wonky about Tony's book. It's, it's, it's like a real weird passive aggressive relationship and it has been for a while. So, I mean, like I I could, I could see that. And I could, honest to God, I could see that relationship completely dissolving by the end of the year. Uh, King King of the North educates us. uh, That match actually happened on ring of honor tonight. So shows what I know. (laughs) We don't watch. uh, Well, he, he, Vikingo was also on TNA tonight. He was in the first match on TNA too. So oh, he, he um, pulled a rude, pulled a Rick rude. Yeah, he 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 pulled he pulled a Rick rude. Um, and uh, lastly, um, did you see this Paul Walter Hauser who was in that really good that really good Clint Eastwood movie about um, Richard Jewell? You remember? Did you watch yeah. that movie? That no, he was great in that movie. He was he's great a, in that movie. He's a good actor. As yeah. he just won. There's a Golden Globe. Yeah, he won a Golden Globe. Last week, right? Emmy. He won an Emmy. Emmy. That's what it was. He won an Emmy. I don't. Yeah. No one watches award shows anymore. But I mean, he's got. He's widely, widely recognized as being a very talented actor. And he shouted out. He, he's got a match coming up with with Matt Cardona in Pro Wrestling Revolver. Had a little freestyle for his uh, acceptance speech, and then said he'd do him like Kota Ibushi. So I mean, like, yeah. I'm sure no one in that crowd knew what the hell he was talking about. <laughs> 
No. But for guys like us, it was it was freaking awesome. I'm like, listen, look at this. He's one of us. Yeah. Like legit. That guy is a legitimate wrestling fan. And I love it. Yeah, yeah, me too. And he actually ended his speech, his little rap there, uh, with the get the tables, and I thought that was pretty clever get the too. Tables. So he, uh, he had a lot of shout outs for the wrestling community. I don't even know what show he won an Emmy for, to be honest with you. Me neither. I don't watch a lot of TV. So, I mean, like, but I know is, all I know is the stuff I have seen Paul Walter Hauser in is really good. He's very, very talented. Yeah. Um, so I, I know I know you got to go, JD, but I want to just end the show on uh, on this note. Are you familiar with the jellyfish UFO? No. Tell me more. You You have not seen the jellyfish UFO? I have not. Okay, let's see. I'm going to try to pull up. So Please. it's a new UFO video from. Um, it, it just it just got released, but it's from. Um, it's from 2017, but they just were able to get it released. Um, Where'd you get I this from? Muse, Muse likes to sing you know, those alien things. He he didn't send this to me, but. Uh, okay, hold on. That that one's not it. Dang it! I should have had this queued up already, but I just. I just now I just now thought of playing it, um, but it it happened in um, in um, in I think in Iraq in, on a marine base, and it it's like this um, night vision ca- captured this thing on uh, on the on the camera, and like the heat signature, it goes from goes from like color to color, like um like it's in the screen. And then all of a sudden, it like it goes like almost to like invisible because it's like going from hot to cold, hot to cold as it's going across the thing. And I'm trying to pull up the, trying to pull up the damn video of it. Let me see. I Hold on. Talk amongst yourselves, everybody. So I'll tell you. Okay. I got rid of my goatee this week. Right. I got bored. I shaved yeah. my goatee, and all the kids in my class told me I no longer look intimidating and tough anymore. So one of my kids goes, Mr. Oliva. You look kind of like a bitch. Did you? And I was like, double leg that little shit. No, actually, I kind of like the kids, so I just threw something at him. But like, <laughs> so I think I'm gonna have to grow a beard again. Like, I was really disappointed when I heard that because my wife was okay. Are you seeing? There we go. Now I'm done waiting. Are you seeing this? Okay. I'm looking. It's hard to look. see though. Yeah, well, because you're on your phone. Yeah. But if you look down there, it looks like a transformer, but it's just like floating in the sky. Dude, it's a jelly. They called it the jellyfish UFO. Some people are calling it the chandelier. Uh, I guess the Marines that, that had this video for a long time called it the spaghetti monster. No one knows who this is. Oh, and the great. Pentagon actually, the Pentagon actually acknowledged this earlier this the, or earlier this week and said that they will provide no comment on this video, which means it is something. Like there's something to this video. Well, the the funny part they call you know the flying spaghetti monster is like you, you, are you familiar with the concept of the flying spaghetti monster? I am not. It's basically saying you worship nothing. Like it's like I worship oh, okay. the flying spaghetti monster. It's like you you're that you don't believe in God. So the fact that they call oh. it a spaghetti monster and it kind of looks like a flying spaghetti monster is wild. Yeah. That's like a freaking elder god. What the hell? Yeah, that's all the UFO videos that I've ever seen. And as you know, I've seen lots. That is the scariest one I've ever seen because <laughs> it's like it's not like a saucer shape. It's not like a s- cylinder shape. Like it looks to me like when I first saw it, like it looks like a transformer and it's on a marine base. It's it's wild. Did you watch the thing that Muse sent you with the the, tall, the super tall Brazilian alien? What's up with that? Yeah, that was that was a basketball player. <laughs> 
<laughs> that was a hoax? Just, yeah, yeah. B- believe it or not, somebody was filming a basketball player on a mountain. Yeah. Are you kidding me? Someone just filmed a basketball player on a mountain and we assumed it was an alien? The person filming it put it out there like, oh, look, there's an alien. And it was just somebody that's tall. <laughs> <laughs> so that's why that's why I, I'm like real careful when people send this stuff to me. But if you get it from uh, Jeremy Corbell or or George Knapp, George Knapp is the guy out of Vegas that's been, you know, um, reporting on these things for like 40 years. Like if you get it from them, like, you know. And so they've been sitting on this since 2017. They finally got uh, – because some of this stuff can be classified. They uh, they finally were able to release it. And they said that there's more footage that they're trying to get released to the public of this thing Wait. actually – well, yeah, uh, this thing actually going into the ocean, right, and then coming up out of the ocean and springing up at a 45-degree angle and shooting off. Like, they said that video out there exists, and they're trying to get it. Well, like, okay, let's be real. We've had footage like that since we've had video cameras. Right, people have been filming UFOs for decades. Yeah. It's just that now everyone has a video camera. Yeah. Well, and and this one was running 24/7 and it was like a thermal imaging because they are like the what they filmed it on, the type of camera that they filmed it on is to detect like incoming attacks, right? Like that's what that's what that's what they're so and it's using a heat signature to get these things. And so this one was running from hot to cold, hot to cold, and it was just floating in the sky across the base. And are you so, telling this thing, was, are you are you telling me this thing's the fucking predator? I think it might be predator. I didn't even think of that till just now. I think predator's real. Oh my god, that <laughs> ugly motherfucker! Yeah. Did you, Holy did you shit. see the latest? Did you see the latest predator? Actually, the, the was one like where uh, the Native American one. Yeah. It fucking rolls. It rocked, dude. It was so it was awesome. So good. It's the, <laughs> honest to God, it's the second best Predator movie after the first one. Yeah. Um, for real. Yeah. You're not lying. That was, no, that, was, that was pretty incredible. Amber Mid Thunder rules in this movie. Like, yes. it's it when you sell, like, well, it's a bunch of Native Americans versus a Predator. You're like, oh, they'll last like six minutes. But she's got to, like, outthink this thing. And it actually it works in the context of the movie. And it's a different because the problem with the Predator movies is like, oh, the Danny Glover movie is pretty cool and it's totally different than the first Predator. But the other Predator movies are all basically like a ripoff of the Arnold one. This is at least different. Right, and it feels different. It's really cool. I highly recommend Prey. It's called it's called Prey. Yeah, Prey. Yeah, yeah. Highly recommend it. Um, I I hope I didn't haunt anybody anybody's dreams with that uh, that, like, that alien video. Yep. <laughs> but all right, guys. Um, uh, on on that note, I want to thank everybody for being here. I didn't even get a chance to plug. Uh, head over to Patreon.com/slash The Mike and JD Show and uh, and subscribe to our channel. I, I will have um, I'll be able to finish the Impact Show. I watched a little bit of it tonight, and I'll have a full recap on Brace for Impact this coming up weekend. And then JD and I we're we're going to be starting our Sting retrospective series. We've already kind of started it where we talked about Sting versus Ric Flair. Well, we just decided on a whim. I think we were talking with Muse and like to talk about the different feuds that he's had. And like we could probably do a podcast per feud. So mm-hmm. we're going to talk about Sting and Vader. We're going to talk about Sting and Cactus Jack. We're going to talk about his time in TNA. Talk about his time in AEW. Uh, I talk a little Sting, bit. You know what I mean? I want to do Sting in the Alliance. I want to do Sting in the Deadly Alliance, yeah. the Dangerous Alliance. Yeah. Because that's a yes. great underrated feud. The Sting and Rude stuff. Man, there's good. Sting has got a lot of good. We sh- we we focus so much on the Scorpion stuff, the bad. But there's a lot of yeah. really good Sting stuff. And we need to honor it. And we need to talk about yeah. that. 
So we're going to be doing that every week until he retires. That was something that we had just decided. And so we're going to record that this weekend. Our first, uh, we're going to do Sting Invader is going to be our first, um, our first one. And then we'll just keep doing Sting feuds until until we're done. Um, talk about his greatest opponents and greatest accomplishments and achievements. So uh, be on the lookout for that on uh, patreon.com slash the Mike and JD show. Thank you for listening to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts, right here on the Voices of Wrestling Radio Network. And then if you're watching this on YouTube, please throw us a big thumbs up, comment, and subscribe. Um, and that's going to do it for us this week. And until next week, mahalo. Uh, 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 uh. Competition starting to get thick is the click So I hope you watch your A-game A-man, no way From the track when we unite and stick This isn't A-game, better bring your A-game Competition starting to get thick is the click So I hope you watch your A-game A-man, no way From the track when we What a fuck Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Hola, my name is Ricardo. I am the host of the Lucha Jovers podcast here in the Voices of Wrestling Podcast Network. We are a Spanish-speaking show dedicated to discussing and analyzing pro wrestling from all across the world. From AW to CMLL, we talk about American wrestling, Japanese wrestling, and of course, Lucha Libre. If something big happened in the pro wrestling world, we will talk about it. So if you know Spanish or have a friend that knows Spanish or want to practice your Lucha Libre pronunciations, Go listen to the Lucha Jovers podcast right here in the Voices of Wrestling Podcast Network. Nos vemos por ahí.